Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the show. I want to wish everyone happy holidays out there. Whatever you're celebrating, whatever you believe, I hope that you're having the opportunity to celebrate, to spend some time with friends and family, to spend some time in gratitude. Now, our good news story this week is focused on Project Linus. This is a pretty well-known organization. You can find their website at projectlinus.org, and Linus is L-I-N-U-S, like Linus from the Peanuts comic strips and cartoons because this organization is all about blankets, just like Linus. Their national headquarters is in Belton, Missouri. According to their website, they've delivered over 8 million blankets to children all over the United States since 1995. They have local chapters in every one of the 50 states. And their focus is just getting children blankets. Something as simple but as meaningful as a blanket. At a time of year when we're giving a lot of presents, doing those sorts of things, it's important to remember sometimes the most significant possessions we have are something simple like a blanket, especially for a child that can provide so much security. So if you get a chance, check out Project Linus, check out the local chapters in your area, find those simple and powerful ways to contribute and support others. This is Family Time 90, and we're talking about self-efficacy. This is something I make a point to address every year. It's part of our self-awareness, social and emotional learning competencies. We're really trying to build self-confidence. And that starts with self-efficacy. The belief that we are capable of learning and growing and achieving good things. And also believing that we deserve good things. A great way to start building self-efficacy is to acknowledge that we have overcome challenges before, is we have learned all sorts of skills in our lives. Even if you don't currently feel very confident in a lot of different things, it's important to, to recognize that Whatever it is that you learned how to walk or talk or communicate and do those things that when we start as babies, we don't have those skills and we develop those over time and they're not easy. When we get older though and we experience failures, we experience hardships, we get hurt, then we get scared. We don't want to experience the fear and the pain that often comes with change, that comes through any learning experience. Because that is really the only way we learn and grow, is we have to be challenged. We have to face some hardship, some pressure. We have to endure a little bit of pain. And if we've experienced that a lot, 
there is a part of us that wants to be safe. There's, there's a part in our minds and our bodies that wants to protect ourselves. And it's hard to move forward if we don't have some real self-efficacy that allows us to say, look, I know this is going to be hard. I understand I'm going to have some missteps and mistakes. I'm going to fail sometimes, but I know I can get through these things. I know I can face challenges. I know that I have skills that will allow me to do that. I know that I have that resiliency. So that's what I want all of my students to do this week first is identify something already from your life where you had a challenge and you had to work and you got better. You found some success. You developed some skill. And then I also want you to just start listing skills you have that help lead you to success or that can lead you to success if you feel like you haven't really gotten there yet. Sometimes that's hard too. We want to be humble. It's easy for us to look at our own shortcomings. To look at areas where we'd like to see improvement. But we all have skills. We all have something to offer. We all have something to bring to the table. And I want you to focus on those things. Everyone. All of you. Have something special. Something that is unique to you, that is inherent to you, and it was given to you for a reason. I say this all the time, but the only reason it was given to you was to be brought to life. So you could breathe life into this thing and make it a reality and share it with other people because it might be the one thing someone else needs. But you have to recognize those skills, those attributes you have. The things that will allow you to be successful. And you have to understand you're not going to have the same skill set as everyone else. That's okay. That's good. Self-efficacy and self-confidence starts with recognizing what you do have. What you're capable of doing. What you have to share with the world. I don't claim to be great at any of the different things that I do. But what I try to do is focus on what I've got to give. Whether it's teaching visual arts. Whether it's coaching football. Coaching track. Coaching in the weight room. I try to focus on those are the things that I enjoy. I'm passionate about those things. I don't think I'm an expert in it, in any of them, but I have some background, some skill in those things, and I can share that. That's what I can use to connect with people, to hopefully inspire people. Even this sort of stuff. I don't claim to be a great writer or a great speaker, but I can I can do it. It's something that I have some ability in, and I can share that. And I can get better at those things. So this is what I've got. I'm going to give what I've got. There are many, many other things. Many things that I'm not very good at. 
And there's some where I want to get better and I can get better and I will improve because I have other areas of my life where I've been through that process. That's an important realization. If we can build some self-efficacy in one area of our lives, we can translate some of that to other aspects. Some of those skills transfer. Grit, perseverance, determination, hard work, sacrifice, those things are translatable. And those are maybe the most important skills we can develop in education, in academics, and athletics. A lot of the skills that I teach maybe aren't going to transfer to the rest of your life. If I'm teaching an oil painting, I hope that's something that my students enjoy, but it's not going to transfer to every aspect of their lives. But problem solving, creativity, those things are transferable. Self-efficacy has some transferable components. And we just need to recognize that challenges are important. We need to face difficult situations. When we hear inspirational people tell stories about how they rose to greatness in some endeavor, the thing that makes the journey great, the thing that makes an epic an epic, are the challenges, the hardships. We're all going to face hardships. We know that. That's fine. But if we can believe in ourselves, if we can recognize the strengths and the skills we have, if we can acknowledge our ability to overcome, that's how we become the hero of the story. And you all, all have those skills, those strengths. Let's focus on self-efficacy a little bit this week. Acknowledge what you have to bring to the table because you all have something. Much love. My blog post this week is still flying. I was driving down the road. It was a very windy day and I saw a bird trying to fly into the wind. The bird was flapping its wings furiously, and was going nowhere. He wasn't losing ground, he wasn't falling backwards, but he was also gaining no ground. He just hovered in the air, fighting against the wind. And the thing I thought in my head as I saw this bird was, well, at least he's still flying. I wonder if that bird felt the same way. I don't suppose a bird really has the higher order reasoning to think in that way. To think, well, hey, at least I still have the ability to fly. But I'll do that a lot. I'll kind of personify things and think about, well, what would this bird think in this situation? Or kind of put myself in that situation. What would I think if I was stuck there in the wind trying to go forward and just just hovering? Would I be able to think, at least I'm still flying? Because the ability to fly seems so magical and mystical 
It would be so amazing to just, on our own, be able to go out and fly. But I wonder, maybe a bird doesn't appreciate flight at all because the bird is able to fly. We're a lot like that as human beings. It's very easy for us to focus on the things we don't have. It's very easy for us to focus on challenges to the wind we're fighting against instead of appreciating what we do have, instead of appreciating the fact that we're still flying. I think of all the different challenges and obstacles I've faced in my life. I've talked about them many times, talked about specific ones on many different occasions. But I think of things that were relatively small when I was younger. Maybe it was when I was involved in athletics and I'd have an injury or something like that and having to work back from that. I think of what I've talked about several times, the health problems I had really from 28 to 32 years old and the physical pain and the mental challenges that came with that. I think about things like getting divorced and balancing my kids going between two different households, all those sorts of things. And I think of the times where I've I've maybe gotten low. The times where I haven't appreciated what I've had, where I've tried to where I've had to try to bring myself back up and remind myself, hey, you're still flying. That no matter how challenging things got, no matter how dark things seemed, I could always say, I'm still here, I'm still breathing, I'm still in the fight, I've still got these abilities, these opportunities, and I can be grateful for those things. Really, it was kind of me telling me, like, I'm still breathing. It's the same idea, I'm still flying. And even when things don't seem so good, they could be a lot worse. That's an important thing for us to all remember. That if we're here, that if we've got air in our lungs, whatever time we have, we're still flying. We can still do something. This week's podcast is brought to you by that point in life when you realize your family traditions Aren't all families traditions? That became very clear to me when I was growing up. We all kind of just know what we know. when We know what's presented to us when we're children. All we know about the world is the little bubble created around us. And I remember some of those instances where I realized, okay, not every family does things the way my family does. And I've talked about this before, but I come from this very large family. My mom is one of 14 siblings. Most of 
her generation had kids and bought houses in close proximity to each other. We ran around the same neighborhoods. I spent all this time with my cousins, my family. So those would always stand out to me when we get together for Christmas and have to rent a building because there's so many people and talk to other friends when I was in elementary school. They'd talk about their family gatherings and the couple of cousins that they had. And I would be like, wait a minute, you don't like rent an entire building and kind of hang out all night and play all these games or whatever. It's like, well, well, no. Or little things like we, we had certain sports that we would play at different times. We would get together that same big, huge family for Easter, have this giant Easter egg hunt. When I was a kid, there were so many kids in my generation. We would have to do two waves, line us up on the sidewalk send out the wave of younger kids and then beyond that it was at this community area that had little league diamonds and stuff then line up the rest of us and send a whole nother wave and then you know traditions would change a little bit but there'd be Okay, if we were at this person's house, we were playing this sport because we had this field there because they had a basketball hoop. Or if we were, for Easter time, a lot of time, we would play softball. Thanksgiving, we would play football, which is fairly common, but be a lot of things like that. My cousins would be at all my birthday parties. I'd be at all of theirs. I didn't have... I remember having one friend birthday party, I think, when I was a kid, meeting friends who weren't my cousins. My cousins were really my best friends growing up. But you'd have this huge gathering of just family for my birthday party. So those things were funny. And my family also likes to celebrate everything. I think that comes from a couple different things. One, I think it is that closeness of family. And I don't think that's ever been lost on my family. I think there's a great appreciation and a deep-seated love and joy connected to our family time. But I think it also comes from being a family that maybe didn't have a lot of money. If you grow up without a lot of money, you find small ways, simple ways to celebrate for me growing up and most of my extended family, we weren't going to be jet setting and flying to different locations. We were going to stay in our neighborhood primarily. So you find ways to celebrate. And my family still does things like St. Nick Night on December 6th, which is a very European tradition. Kind of in the old tradition, it'd be putting one's shoes outside for St. Nick to fill with treats. We've always done, not to reveal any magic, but there would be a knock at the door and there would be a bag of goodies there when we were kids the night of December 6th. Something that still goes on with my kids. We celebrate St. Patrick's Day. One of the things we do for St. Patrick's Day is we come home and the house would be a mess. 
chairs flipped over, cupboards open, things all over the place, and it would be the leprechauns. The leprechauns had come because they're mischievous, and we would have to search for the pot of gold. And the pot of gold would be sort of a plastic cauldron one might use for, say, Halloween, but it would be filled with gold candy, the Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cups and Hershey's gold nuggets, all those sorts of things, the chocolate gold coins. And that's what the leprechauns did. It wasn't until I got a little older in elementary school and I would talk about these things and other kids would give me a strange look like, what do you mean leprechauns come to your house for St. Patrick's Day or what do you mean St. Nick Knight, those sorts of things. We used to have a thing when I was a kid called the girls' Christmas. Which was funny, because my brothers and I would go to the girls' Christmas, but it was because my mom has 13 siblings, there are nine boys and five girls. The girls, meaning the five sisters and my grandmother, would have their own separate little celebration. They had started when they were younger, that the girls could spend time together and exchange some gifts. And it went on for years. Through pretty much all of my childhood, there was the girls' Christmas, which would take place before regular Christmas, before our Christmas Eve with our entire extended family. So that was something that was just normal to me. That's the girls' Christmas. But we all have those things. We have those funny little traditions, those things we do. Maybe it's something specific we eat. I can remember that too, being at different different cousins' birthday parties or if different families were hosting different things and you could expect certain foods to be there because that family did that thing. So, as we are in the holiday season, take a little time to appreciate that. The little family traditions we all have that maybe no one else actually has. Now from me to you, everyone have a wonderful holiday. Remember to support some others even in simple ways like Project Linus does, providing blankets to children who could use that level of security. Remember to Believe in yourselves. We're talking about the holidays, but as we wrap up another calendar year, it's, it's often a time we reflect. We maybe set some New Year's resolutions. We think about what we want the next year to bring, even if you're not a New Year's resolution person. But try to bring some self-efficacy to whatever it is you want to do this year. Remember that you have skills, you have value, you have overcome challenges before and you will again. You have that strength. Remember that even if things don't seem so good right now, even if you're in a tough place, if you're here, if you're listening, if you're breathing, you're still flying. You've still got hope. You've still got something to offer. Beyond that, take a little time to enjoy whatever it is you do to celebrate this time of year. 
to enjoy the people around you and all their idiosyncrasies and just have a wonderful holiday. Thank you all so much for spending some time with me. As always, please reach out if you need anything. You can contact me through email at lukenielsenmedia at gmail.com. You can contact me through the website at lukenielsen.com. Luke Nielsen Media on pretty much all of the socials. Thank you to everyone. Thank you for another wonderful year. We'll probably do one more podcast. Come out right after Christmas. But... It might do something a little different with that since we won't be in school, won't do our regular family time stuff, but we'll put something out. Thanks to everyone. Much love.